Uh, is this thing on? Can you hear me? Welcome to the Gravity Lift Podcast, a mostly entertaining and at times informative place where we get to chat about all the things we love. Music and festival life, yoga and wellness, travel and adventure. We are your hosts, Jordan and Antonella. I recently had the pleasure of sitting down for a chat with the truly unsinkable Molly Brown, A ride-or-die homie for over a decade, we have shared many laughs, tears, and shenanigans. I'm so proud to see Molly manifesting awesomeness daily, using her stylish superpowers as an interior designer for Molly Brown Creative, while at the same time rocking single mom status to three awesome kiddos. All right, welcome everyone. Gravity Lift Podcast here. Today it's just me, no Jordan. I'm doing a solo chat with a longtime friend. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, my name is Molly. Hey, Molly. Molly Brown. And <laughs> we've known each other a long time. Yeah. Yeah. So, one of my favorite things about this space that we've created of podcasting is that we get to dive a little deeper with people that we know in the yoga community or music world that maybe we have only had a chance to chat with on a kind of superficial level. And so we invite them here and we get to go deeper. What's different about this is I've known you for a really long time, which we'll go into in a second. Um, And I feel like I know pretty much everything about you, but as I was putting together some questions and talking points, I was realizing like, I don't know how she'll answer some of these things. So I'm excited to, on the days that we um, schedule friends to come in and get to know our friends on a bit of a deeper level and share that awesome relationship with all of our listeners. Aw. Aw. I'm I'm glad I got (laughs) scheduled in. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. So do you want to tell the story of how we met? From your, I, I guess I want to hear your version. I know what how I think we met. I definitely, uh, you know, when I talk to people and I'm like, no, I mean, I've like known Antonella for a very long time. Like Harry Potter brought us together or I <laughs> met her at Harry Potter night. And they're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> people are like, what? Yeah, our kids were in kindergarten. Yep. They're, they're now um, in college. Yeah, so that's usually when we when we're out socially and I introduce you as a longtime friend or vice versa, you introduce me. That's usually our go-to. And then that's they first get confused by that, oh, you guys met at Harry Potter night, and then they're doubly confused and we're like, Yeah, when our college kids were in kindergarten and they're like, Wait, 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 wait. wait. What? <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. So yeah, what year was that? Shock and awe. Um I think it was like early 2005, maybe like right around this time of year. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Because we was into the school year already. They're in kindergarten and in a, I think, a fairly progressive move back then. Uh, a small town of Duval Elementary School decided to have a Harry Potter night, which I think they only had one. Yeah, they didn't have many Christians at the time. <laughs> but I think they only had one. I think there were some that opposed the witchery and witchcraft uh, night, and and I don't recall them doing it again. But anyway, so it was yeah, a the, cool event. Those are always the people who are the craziest behind closed doors, too. Yeah. That's <laughs> the ones that are abiding by hard by but that yeah, spiritual law. It was, it was a progressive move. Well, I remember seeing you in line. Yeah. For something, I don't know, maybe wand making or something, and and we kind of had this like moment of like, hey, like our kids are in the same class, yeah, and then hey, you you're a young mom too, <laughs> like, yeah, I, I see you, young mom. I totally remember the young mom thing, and maybe you were with Tara, right? Also. Yeah, I think we we were the only three, and that I remember I looking over like, what this exists? <laughs> there's there's other young cool people. Yeah, it was kind of exciting. Yeah, I feel like being a young mom was a loner experience for a lot of stuff, you know? Well, especially in that area when you're east of Seattle. Well, I guess northeast. What's Duval? I don't know. It's out there. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's, it's in, out there. It's in BFE. Yeah, and there's, I would say the more median age for a parent of kids our age was probably 10 years older than what we were. Oh, gosh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy to think now. So... That means Kobe is, well, what, Kobe's? 19 He's and 19. A half. Yeah. And you are? 
I'm 19. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, 37. 37. So how old were you when you birthed the first boy, when you birthed I was Kobe? 18, you but were... I got pregnant with him at 17. And were you still in high school? I was out of high school. I was in beauty school. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize you started beauty school that young. I did. So I graduated high school like six months early at, uh, at the end of the first semester. Were you in like running start or something? No, I um, went to Chrysalis. Yeah, which I think is it's a the private that, school. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah. It's like the same the, thing as whatever running start like, is now. Yeah. Pretty much. And I knew that I wanted to go to beauty school. I didn't I didn't have this like ideal four-year college plan for myself. And I had an older boyfriend who was definitely um, a big influence in that. Mm-hmm. We're getting... You're good. <laughs> nice. Okay. And so that steered me that direction, I would say. I guess it was definitely when I was like a lot more pliable of a person where I'd you know, lose myself in the other person's ideas. And so, yeah, he went to Chrysalis. So then I went to Chrysalis. Oh, gotcha. But he was like five years older than me. So I was 17 dating a 22-year-old. How did your parents feel about that? No, (laughs) weirdly (laughs) enough, they liked him. And I think they were like, oh, you know, this is a good guy. He has a good job. And Mm -hmm. I think that that generation raised boys to be the ones that learned to strive to be successful and women were the ones that they married off. Right. And, and so, so they looked at him as like, oh, we could we could send her off with him and, and she'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, <laughs> probably. I don't know like necessarily if they would say that they knew that that's what they were doing, but I just think that that's... Do you feel at all, I mean, now that you're a parent of teenagers, <laughs> do you feel at all that maybe your strong-willed energy as a teenager was also, so that maybe that coupled a little bit with them being like, well, she's going to do what she's going to do? Or were you were you defiant or or really like pushing as a, as a child or as a teenager to like, have your identity and kind of like fuck you parents I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do had they kind of like lost the battle already you think at that point you know I I did that I feel like I did that um but I don't know how much I honestly this is crazy but I don't know how much they cared I was Mm. like the younger one and I mean I really like pushed every envelope I could like that's a good point. But you they have didn't even older catch me on brother, half of it. Right? Is it just the two of you? Yep. Yeah, older brother. And how old's your brother? He is. Or how many years older than you? Eight and a half, nine-ish oh, years Oh, so that's older a pretty good chunk. Yeah. So you think by the time they had their second child and then the second child was getting to close-ish to adult age that they were kind of like, whatever, <laughs> we're <Probably>. tired. <laughs> We've yeah. been doing this for a really long time. Yeah. 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 I, I guess. <laughs> I I mean, that that's my best assumption with it. But like, I think I used to like purposely try to make my mom mad by like dressing like a boy because <laughs> growing up, that's so my funny hair that, had to be perfect every day. Like I had, everything had to be like, That's so you funny know? that back in the day that that would trigger your mom. Where now I'd be like, go for it. Just like a boy. I don't care. No, I don't think it did though. Oh. That was like, I think that might've been my goal. Like, or you know, I think part of it is who I am. Like, mm-hmm. I love just, like, trying different things and expressing myself that way. But um, <laughs> I definitely kind of, like, would love it when she'd be, like, going somewhere and I'd be dressed like that. And she'd be like, oh, but whatever. <laughs> she'd just look at you like, okay. Okay, I'm going to own trying to piss my mom off. I'll yeah, this. I think that's a good yeah. thing to own. Yeah. Because now you're a mom and we've you know, you were a young mom and you're obviously still a young mom, but, you know, with a 19-year-old and then how old are your other two? So Kemper's 16. He just got his driver's license, which is crazy. And he's driving to pick Kobe up from the airport right now, which I'm like... It's so helpful. <laughs> it is. But then I'm like, he's never driven... It. Like, he's never gone through rush hour traffic and, you know, he's going to be like cranking the tunes and... 
Whatever. I'm not going to think about it. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah. So 1916 and then how old's Georgia? She is eight. So you've got a 10, 11 year gap between your oldest and your youngest. Uh, do you relate it all to the, your parents' kind of exasperation? Like, do you think when Georgia is of age to fall in love with a boy that's five years older and be like, I'm going to run off to... Oh, hell no. No. <laughs> hell no. <laughs> You've learned a thing or two from yeah, that. Yeah, I'm definitely, you know, I just, I'm better equipped. Mm -hmm. I think just through life experience to not ever urge my daughter just to go off with somebody who might possibly be a good suitor like I want that girl like like on her own on her own two feet like mm -hmm. understanding her life and what she wants and then if somebody like great comes along and makes it better than that you know yeah, yeah. I just don't want my daughter to grow up thinking that like a man is a means of financial security mm -hmm. or going to complete her or be her end game no movie cliches for this girl no yeah i agree no. i'm down for that yeah that process now when you look back at all those movies that we grew up watching like <laughs> so cinderella and shit like really jerry mcguire that's not reality where they people. walk in and they're like you complete me that's like does such a disservice <laughs> to all women <laughs> and men but yeah, yeah. it the, was an accurate depiction of what stupid things guys might say on one day yeah like but it's not reality that's not like that's not end game mm -mm. but you're in single mom mode and you've been in single mom mode for quite some time how does that uh differ from the way you were raised you raised you were raised in a two-parent household which is pretty rare raised in a two-parent household <laughs> my dad was a airline captain so he was gone like mm. you know three days a week maybe four sometimes um would you look at your mom's situation as being single mom status similar to where you've been with a primarily single parent mode with some co-parenting yeah. on the side my mom knew how to handle things on her own yeah i will give her that like she but everybody heard about it mm. you know so but in a way yeah like i've yeah i kind of get that though like i remember when um the kids dad and i divorced uh getting a lot of questions from girlfriends and friends at the time that were like, how are you going to handle this? How are you going to be a single mom? And, you know, we had a challenging relationship and I was a single mom that whole time. He wasn't home. He was a workaholic. He wasn't invested in raising the kids. And um, so my response to them, which was so honest, was like, I have been a single mom this whole time. The difference now when I'm divorced is I'm not going to be resentful. And so like, so sometimes I think when people stay together or they have that type of two-parent household that's really not a two-parent household, somebody's going to have some resentment. And sometimes it's vocal and sometimes it's not. And the kids feel it. And like you said, they remember it like, oh, well, yeah, my mom was super strong and she did everything on her own, but she's fucking pissed about it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no absolutely and gosh that's that's funny because it makes me think like you know some people be like oh it's so hard to be a single parent and it is like it's really hard like it's on you but you don't have that other person in there adding that whole other element like it's it's one one more part of the dynamic and there are certain times it's where hard I'm like, to raise kids anyway and then you have to have two people that are going to agree on all of it and yeah. support each other uh in in the quest to raise two you know human beings i think that's parenting's hard it is and then trying to parent and have or it almost seems like maybe it would be more ideal to parent with a friend <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Someone that you were never actually romantically linked with. And so there's not like this part of you that gets resentful or frustrated or jealous. And you're just like, hey, we love each other as people. We think we have great genes. We could raise a, a human being that's going to grow up and do good things. And we're going to like proactively work as a team versus two people fall in love at 
17 and are driven by hormones and conditioning from their family. And then all of a sudden, like, life happens and you're like, oh, I'm mad at you. You're jealous or staying out late with the guys. And so, and now we have to somehow parent this child together and like be reasonable people uh, and guides. I think, uh, honestly, with that, I think no matter what, like, you could be, you know, married or it could be like somebody who is like your best friend or somebody you just made a plan to do with whatever. It's like two human beings and there's no way people agree on every single mm-hmm. thing or like disciplinary issues or time mm-hmm. and attention. Like it's just there's no way it would ever. I think no matter what, there's going to be like some kind of conflict or. Right. um you know so in some ways it's kind of nice doing it solo <laughs> exactly but then you don't maybe so that's, feel the that's support what I'm to say. you don't get as many even breaks. though i'm not going to like over glorify this by any means yeah. or but um there are times because i've been on both ends of the spectrum mm-hmm. twice uh, <laughs> uh that it's just easier mm-hmm. to be able to make those executive decisions by yourself to like handle your child when they're hurting by themselves yourself like to you know like it just it, it it it's more instinctual and feels better not to debate like do what is like naturally hardwired into me from mm-hmm. you know well, I think that's when you know when you've found the right partner, when that keyword isn't there. You don't have to debate to decide what's going on. You can converse or you both move forward intuitively as parents. Yeah. Um, is there anything that you've really noticed in yourself as a parent that has changed in that huge expanse of time between Kobe and Georgia, your oldest and your youngest, like where would you say that you've changed as a parent? Like what's something that maybe you would have done with Kobe at that age that you've now evolved through Kemper and now that you're at Georgia and, you know, 11 years has passed, how, how would you say that you approach parenting her differently than maybe the boys? Okay. So first off, <clears throat> I have to say that, this is my disclaimer. I would, did not know what I was doing when Kobe <laughs> was born. I was like, oh, yay, I'm, I'm pregnant. Is this a good thing or a bad thing? But my boyfriend thinks it's awesome. And I'm like, okay. And I remember bringing him home from the hospital and <clears throat> not realizing I had to like burp this child after he ate and that he woke up every two hours. Oof. I had no idea what I was doing. Like I was having a baby, Did you, like, and read my friends, any of the books my or friends were like rushing at sororities. Oh wow! You know, so it was. But you want to know what? It's like it's in us. Yeah. So, but did you like go through these moments where you're like, I need to go get the books, like the Dr. Spock book or oh everything you need to know? I did about- not read a pregnancy book, like actually really read it other than like bullet points until I had my third child. Oh, wow. Yeah. You, so you, you were flying blind. Yeah. I kind of respect that though. I was, I was a, the opposite. I was getting every book I was and reading mom everything. Renegade, I could find. Pretty much. <laughs> That's what I did. You know, yeah. I'm like, oh, but that's me. I'm like, oh, I'm a free spirit. I don't need a schedule. I'm just going to drift through the day. It's going to be beautiful. Yeah, no. Yep, that's pretty much what I did. But there, that's that's like instinct. That's like raw. Like it, that's right. Every mother has that in them. Like, so what changed there. with your most recent child? So what, eight, nine years ago? Uh, what what changed then? What made you go, okay, I'm going to get a book on this time. Well, I'm going to do this a, a little different. I wasn't working. Mm. So I was like for the first time in my life getting to be like this stay-at-home mom. And I had all this time. And I got pregnant and was like all these books were being given to me. And I was like, ooh, I actually have time to read them. I'm not like working. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, cooking my kids dinner at 9 p.m. So... Yeah. Single mom, single mom world. Yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. So anyways, <clears throat> from the time that Kobe was born and I had no idea what I was doing to right now when Georgia is eight and Kobe's in college. Um, gosh, I still, I'm not going to say I know what I'm doing either. Cause this is my first, you know, college kid, but I just so wrapped up in how my kids behavior looked to other people when Kobe was young and and Kemper too. But I, over time, 
realize that that it's just it, that that is not what matters like it's the connection between us mm-hmm. is what matters and the less concerned i am about that sort of stuff the the better parent that i am and the more i can communicate with my child and understand what's going on and i don't know i just honestly not giving a shit what other people think and getting outside of that i was like this young insecure woman who had a baby but couldn't relate to a lot of other people my age and i always pretended that i was like older than i actually was mm-hmm. which is so lame because now i want to get younger <laughs> like and i don't mean like oh aesthetically i want to look like younger or whatever no like, like internally it, it's fun you know but yeah to not be so heavy and take life so seriously to the point that you feel yeah you've lost that youthful open-mindedness and excitement for life and I totally agree with that because I get the shock and awe at my age all the time and even Jordan laughs and he's like I see this like young 20 in you all the time he's like it's so interesting to see when it comes out and um his theory on that is that I skipped my 20s. I got married and was in a very serious relationship that was a very challenging relationship very young. So I skipped the college life. I skipped the 21 run. I skipped going to bars and going dancing. I became a wife and a mom. And I kind of went straight to my 30s. (laughs) And so when that part of my life shifted and changed and I've been able to now reclaim my youth a little bit. It's really interesting to see through his lens. I I completely agree with him now, but at first I almost took offense by it. Like, oh, you think I'm immature? He's like, no, I just think there's this part of you that didn't get to evolve like other people have. And so you're kind of backtracking and rediscovering it. In a way, it's kind of refreshing because I think a lot of people do exactly what we did, right? We went straight to the mommy track and the wife track and it didn't work out as we planned. And so then we have this like abrupt halt in our 30s, right? Or like, oh, how do I, this is not where I I wanted to be. How do I start to change my life? And part of that is taking a step back and going back to the things that used to excite us or, you know, if we had taken a different step out of high school on a different path, like where would we have gone and um, rediscovering some of like the happy, creative excited sides of life and I get sad when I see moms that are our age or even older that skipped it all yeah and they're old (laughs) their energy is they're our age and they're old as fuck yeah it's sad I want to just give them a shake and be like what who were you before all of this like go back I know I yeah I I definitely skipped my 20s as well and uh (laughs) All of pretty much. I'm. I, I, Do you I feel, feel like my you're rediscovering like, no, it all now? I've been a parent my whole life. Yeah, your whole life. Yeah, but um, I have. Yeah, now that the kids are older, I feel like I am realizing how valuable that time is. Like for people to grow up and you know have fun and. I don't know. And make mistakes. Yeah. (laughs) When you were referencing, you were so worried about what people thought about your kids' behavior. I don't that from my viewpoint, and you can disagree with this, is that didn't really have anything to do with your actual kids' behavior, but it had to do with the judgments they would have on you as a parent. Like, oh, why is she letting her kids act that way? Or so whether or not. Um, it was really the judgment on the kids. It was more of a judgment on you as a parent. And um, we got stuck in this idea of like we had to look and act a certain way in this almost like perceived perfection. And the cool thing I think about rediscovering that part of our life that we both skipped over is letting yourself make some mistakes. Like try some things that are fucking scary and unleash your creative side and unleash the entrepreneur in you and be absolutely okay with failing and doing things wrong because we didn't we didn't really give ourselves that chance because we we went from being young and 18 and free to being parents and we have to be right and perfect and good role models and (laughs) yeah that was a very limiting belief that I had like that care that of what people thought 
of my kid because he was doing something, which I mean, yeah, this is normal kid stuff. But when you're that young and you have no idea, you're just like, oh, like, I don't know. I was so young and so judged by like other parents and other like peers and friends Mm -hmm. of mine, you know, that were like my supposedly my homies that just were like, well, but um, yeah, the who your homies are definitely changes a lot over uh, time. It's an ever evolving process. But you, along the way, you meet people that stick. Well, and, yeah, you've had some ride or dies. You've got a few of those girls from what high school or junior high that are still in your life? Yeah, yeah middle school. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Even some elementary. You know, I feel like no matter where I am along my life, like I, I pick up people and they stay with me for sure. Yeah. Um, they, they vibrate on us similar level as you yeah but yeah it definitely the judgment of other people was something that I was concerned about and I mean I was concerned that my kids were behaving well also like Mm -hmm. that's in you too like that instinctual part of it but um I don't know I just always wanted them to be acting right like there was some like rule book or Mm -hmm. something happening I don't know but thank god that shed over time and that's what's so beautiful about kids is letting them do that, letting them have the, letting them make mistakes and maybe their behavior doesn't always look on point, but that's how they're supposed to figure out who they are. So in one sense, we can learn a lot from that. Like when you look at, you said Georgia's eight or nine? She's eight. She's eight now. So like if you could look at life from her perspective or any eight-year-old's perspective, like what are, what are like maybe two or three things that you that you could take as a life lesson from your eight-year-old? Ooh, that Georgia could give as a life lesson to me? Mm-hmm. Mm. Anything that you watch the way well, she is with the world and go, ugh, I need to take a page or two from her book. That going outside is the most fun. Mm. Yeah. You know, when you're a kid and you're just like, yeah, and you get home from school and you just like throw your crap down and you run outside and like play with the neighbor kids until your parents are like, it's dinner, where are you? Like that that I don't know just I don't know I I love the outdoors but I feel like being an adult has limited me to be inside a lot more so in being an adult in the Pacific Northwest I will I just had this conversation with somebody yesterday I wouldn't be too hard on yourself I I do think that everybody feels that way here from like October to May like we feel pretty cooped up but no no in the summer it's a lot easier to get out I don't even mind going outside when it's crappy like I really don't like I feel like I totally do I feel like (laughs) me being inside is me having to be an adult Uh, like oh I've got responsibilities and work and you know, that kind of stuff. And so I'm like, oh, like, yeah. When you go outside to play, is it like her? Are you looking for friends to go hang out with or do you like to go explore and just kind of have alone time outside? I don't know. I just kind of feel like I miss that opportunity. Like when it presents itself, just go out outside and like enjoy it outside. Mm -hmm. So what if you scheduled it in? Could you schedule it into your week? You would totally ask if I would schedule it in. I'm such a scheduler. (laughs) Oh yeah, I forgot. You don't do schedules. No, no, I do. I do. I I, I like very, um, I like schedules with, lots of time in between <laughs> you know you gotta, you gotta some re- buffer time yeah you gotta leave room yeah like very bullet pointed mm-hmm. you know with gaps with an erasable <laughs> pen yeah yeah that's why I, I have the dry erase those dry erase calendars actually yeah. that. nothing set in stone yeah what's something else that you've learned from georgia oh man that it just feels good to like be goofy and be yourself and she just she's such that a, girl can be goofy she, i love yeah, it she's so animated it's amazing and some of the snapchats you send me of her are so <laughs> funny uh, she reminds me of this like jim carrey circa uh what is it color me no not color me bad uh in living, living color, color yeah, yeah in color, color days where he's just so he's animated like fire marshal bill yeah so animated i love it Does she, do you think J-Lo she gets that from girl. you or from her dad um she, i mean she, oh, it could no. be just her it's, she doesn't have to get it from either I of you but that animated she is so much half him and half me it's yeah. like you can just see us spun together in her it's crazy um i think we both like he maybe is more animated as an adult and i was definitely more animated as a kid mm. 
but I see so much of myself in her. I'm sometimes I'm like, oh no, oh man, (laughs) (laughs) gonna have to rein that one in. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) but it's great. It's just that's that's another thing I think that has evolved over time is just letting my kids, you know, just let them be who they are. Yeah, and um, but with that comes questions. Have you gotten any questions from her that you're like? How do I answer this? Because she's smart and she's inquisitive and you give her the freedom to be and and be vocal and be who she is. Like, but does that ever bring like an unwanted question that's beyond your bandwidth? Like beyond my bandwidth as to how I would answer it or beyond my bandwidth of how I answer it at an age appropriate level to her. <laughs> yeah, both. Yeah. Like, do you have any, can you think of any off the top of your head where she asked you something specific and you're like, oh, wow, how do I, how well, do, I do this actually, one? we were watching this nice family show called This Is Us and she asked me if I ever lost a baby before. And oh, I was like, wow. whoa, because the, that's the, what happened in the show. Yeah, yeah. that was what that's happened in the question. show. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, you know, it's like, that's when you're at this crossroads. Like, do I answer this question honestly to my daughter or do I, you know, and I just felt like, it, I guess, at the point that I'm at right now where I would answer honestly. And mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, that has happened. That happened before you were born. And, um, you know, and she's like, got really sad. And I'm like, no, it's not sad. Yeah. And I'm like, this is something, like, it happens to lots of women, but um, I got you. And, you know, like, it was just a really real question that mm. my kid just looked at me in the eyes and asked. And I, I feel like had I answered that when Kemper was little or right. or Kobe, I, I probably would have been like, no, and lied. And, right. Uh, the honesty factor is tricky with kids because I think it I think it is good to be honest, but like you said, also age appropriate and to know your kid. If your kid is super internal and emotional, like you don't want to give them a bunch of stuff to stress about. So like giving them just enough to answer the question or maybe even turning the question on them a little bit rather than like unloading, like, all right, here's all my traumas that I've been through and then get fun with that. It just was like a very, like, I I tried to make it a very simple moment, not Mm -hmm. like a big deal Mm -hmm. either um, when I talked about that to her. But um, I don't know. It's, I feel like I'm sitting here watching a show with my daughter. Like we're taking something in that she's like, is this real life? Is this relatable? And she turns and she asks me and I'm, I'm like, okay, I can appropriately answer this. This is what we're watching. This is what we're doing. And right. And you kind of have to go into family TV watching with that mentality like all right it is and it's less about is this show appropriate for my kid and it's more of am I going to be okay with the conversations that might come up from this show and if you're not ready to deal with the violence or the yeah sexual assault then heck yeah your eight-year-old probably shouldn't be watching it (laughs) I put myself on that couch watching that show so yeah which is probably why I actually like reading so much better now Mm -hmm. I think that might be I mean, unless I'm like recovering from long week or whatever, um, I don't feel like I don't sit in front of the TV very much anymore. Mm-hmm. But you're more of a book girl. Yeah. And I'm busy like doing things or creating things or getting inspired. Yeah. And- so you obviously have always been a creative person. If in high school you're like, I want to go to beauty school, that's obviously this creative intuition. What Did that stay with you when you got married and went into mommy mode? Or do you think it disappeared a little bit and now it's back? Because oh, it, your creativity is thriving right now in your 30s. It totally stayed with me. And I mean, there was one part of it where, you know, where maybe I wasn't like able to share it with as many people, but I was still doing it. Like, so what were you doing even when you weren't doing hair or designing or? Yeah. So I, you know, I ended up moving across the country and I was in a new place for the first time with my kids. It's the first time I stay home parent. And I, I think I had the house to work on. Like I was like decorating my house and nesting and, you know, making it all cool there and building another house somewhere else. And I was able to keep myself busy with some kind of thing that I was working on, um, you know, that had a mission or a plan or that gave me this purpose. Mm -hmm. Um, And then 
it evolved into me wanting to run a store and I started a store and um, I just, I think that I don't know what I would do if I couldn't create things. Would you say that that being creative or or contributing creative things to the world is part of your life's purpose? Would you define that? I would 100% say that yes, that is true. What do you think fueled that? Do you think that's just innately who you are? Was there something in your life or a person that you looked up to that you were like, that's what I want to do. That's where my purpose is. No, I I feel like it's in me. But I do have to say my mom was very creative in how she always made things look beautiful. Interesting. So I've never really, I don't know your mom that well. I've obviously hung out with her on several occasions, but I've never really gotten to know that side of her. That's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's like in the home, you mean? Like, like yes. everything's Yeah. But okay. in a very like... 60s perfectionist kind of way <laughs> like uh, you know so yeah. I think I took part of that you know that example of how she lived because really ultimately I think everybody in our lives it doesn't matter what they're saying it's what they're doing in front of us that's the example that we have I um I took like the, her ability to make things beautiful and I it evolved into my own personal you know how I am so I feel like we're very different personality-wise. So, Yeah, you guys have had some challenges in your relationship. Yeah. Do you think she knows that about not, – not that you've had challenges, but does she – do you think she knows that she's been an inspiration to you creatively? Might be something you want to share with her if she doesn't know that. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, it's probably something I should say to my mom, really. But – I also think part of her is smart and she knows like, right. you know, I taught Molly this and this, so. <laughs> but yeah. You try to be like all nice, mom, thanks for inspiring me to be this way. And really, then she's like, yeah, yeah, I know. I, I did this. I got a really great compliment though from my mom. She told me one day that, um, yeah, I've, I've learned a lot of things from you, like with cooking and stuff. And I was like, yes. Wow. Score. Nice. Cause I always felt like, you know, I did your mom teach you mom. how to cook? Um, I mean, yeah, You've got she those did. Italian jeans. Kind of. Wasn't sure I mean, she my mom kind of always did everything herself, and did, we really just got to reap the benefits of it. But I wouldn't necessarily say like the kind of things she cooks is or what I cook, mm -hmm. or once I learned to really start cooking food. But you don't recall ever having like cooking sessions with your mom, like, all right, we're going to cook this meal and here's the recipe and you're going to chop this and this is how oh, we burn no that. Oh, yeah. No Neither way. did I. I didn't have any of that. But I I have always done it with my kids. It's actually some of my favorite time with them is yeah. when we cook together. Because teamwork makes the dream work. Well, and it's fun. Yeah, It's exactly. fun. My kids put on obnoxious music. We dance and we sing and the kids are, I think because they grew up in Montessori, like they've been cutting and preparing things. It's just part of the Montessori education. But we've really tried to keep that. Yeah. And it's great to see because Jackson, who's going to be 15 in right. a couple of weeks, he um, made Valentine's dinner for his girlfriend. And he like, I walked in right before she was about to get there. And there was like, table was set and flowers on the table. And he had all the food prepared and he was cooking. And I was like, what? Like, that's so cute. I just don't know many 15-year-old boys <laughs> that have that. But I think it's because we've just done it so many times that he was able to pull it and go oh okay like yeah. this is how, what I would do with mom so so sh she needs to hang on to Jackson because that is amazing <laughs> he's a score I will yeah. say I remember him um, at the house when you were staying and helping me out I was flying across the country to New York you were staying at my house with yeah. Kobe and I think one morning I got up really early and Bailey and Jackson were there and I was making them breakfast and and you were like, you came back to the house after teaching like a really early, early yoga class. class and you're yeah. like, oh, wow, no, Jackson normally just makes his own breakfast. I was like, what? <laughs> and he, he was like, I don't know, in like sixth grade, maybe. Yeah, they've been making their own breakfasts. I mean, as early as they could open the cupboard and get the cereal out. And then I always had bowls and spoons that were kid friendly that were low for them to grab and milk. And so, yeah, they've been doing it since they could 
have the strength to open the refrigerator or open a cupboard. <laughs> like so it's like almost the opposite of how we were raised because For sure. we weren't allowed to do anything cuz we would do it wrong. <laughs> yeah, which is funny because I feel like sometimes like society looks at moms who help their children become more self-sufficient and independent as not doing like they're they're judging what they're mm-hmm. doing but ultimately like I don't know you're doing your kid a disservice like babying them like I didn't even know how to flip a pancake until I after Kobe was born like I had a baby before I could flip a pancake yeah I did I think not know how to work a washer and dryer oh jeez, I think with all things oh, I learned man. that my first job at a hair salon Oh, no way. Yeah. I, mean, I wouldn't realize that would teach you those type of skills. Yeah, but. so th- they looked at me like, you've never <laughs> run a washing machine before? I'm like, no, my mom ironed my socks. Like, mm-mm. I've been trying to find the middle ground. So I, I like with all things, is there somewhere in the middle? Can we empower our kids and and do hands-on things with our kids so that should they need to make their own breakfast, they could, but can we also have the Sunday morning breakfast that mom makes that the kids get to just enjoy and they don't have to feel like they have to fend for themselves every day? I think somewhere in between is good. Oh, yeah, totally. I, I mean, I I do think somewhere in between is good. And I, I'm going to give myself some credit right there for sure because I feel like I, I – I like to do both ends of that. I'm not always like not all or nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's really fun to do like a cool special meal or have those like bonding times. But you're yeah, I I want my kids to be able to get their own cereal and you know if they're in like some kind of tough predicament in life, not need like mom. Like you got to be able to think on your feet a little bit, right? And know how to turn on the dryer and do some laundry. <laughs> you know, like they, they need to learn how to MacGyver some stuff. Yeah. Are there any skills that you've noticed that are different gender wise between what you're teaching Georgia versus what you ha- did with the boys? Ooh, you know what? That's a really good question. And that's something that I've really thought about a lot lately because I think back to even five years ago when I feel like I was a total Stepford for a while there and how I was constantly being like that's not what a lady says or that's not what a lady does and I was like who's I kidding like I've always been the you know chick that could burp louder than any guy and uh, you know what like what what is that what was I doing to my daughter then telling her that she had to like behave a certain way and then teach my son that he had to be like rough and tumble like I was like it's like it's like setting your kid up for a disaster you I don't know but I will say that was a little traumatic for my side of the friendship because <laughs> I saw it like I saw it happen I don't remember when it dawned on me but I think we were somewhere and I think I made some crass obnoxious joke as usual and I could see your face go a bit robot rigid mode of like oh that's not appropriate I can't laugh here and I was like wait what just happened yeah <laughs> where a, did she go I hope super, she comes back a super sucky period in life <laughs> But it you really needed to was. go through it, right? And then I you broke did. free. You broke I free. did need to go through it. Like, it, yeah. And now you can burp and tell dirty jokes like the best of them. Yeah. 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 You're back. I think the difference in like how I raise a boy and a girl, it's just you teach either one of them how to deal with the things that they're going to come across. Like Georgia's form of protecting herself might be a different form of protecting you know, Kemper or Kobe, like it's you, she would come across different situations or, you know, I like, I want my daughter to know that she is whole and who she is and she's not needing somebody else. And I want my boys to know that too, though. Right. You know, um, uh, you know, like I, I, but then I want my boys to, to know how to interact with women in a way that respects them and in a way that just relates to that person. Um, I, I guess, wow, there's so much to that, actually. Well, <laughs> it'll keep I'm changing. Thinking. She's only eight. So even though she's an eight-year-old girl, she'll suddenly become a 12-year-old 
uh, hormonal, not quite teenager, but she thinks she's a teenager. And then she'll get to the, oh, I'm about to be an adult phase. Like it's going to keep changing. So it is a hard question to answer because I think it's going to, it's going to evolve just as they do. Yeah. But I mean, like I said before, like I was never handed this, I probably was handed several books, but not like an (laughs) act. There's no guidebook for parenting. And um, most of them are outdated now anyway. I think with age and time comes wisdom for sure in that. That's that's probably the one of the biggest things for me. Well, and I, I've noticed that um, you have taken some time to really reestablish who you are as a person, as a creative, as um, a thriving 30s and – I think that's a really good example for your daughter and for your sons to see, for Georgia to see that as like, oh, yeah, like my mom has a job and she works hard and she's creative and she does, you know, does yoga and she's inspired by you. She looks up to you. But I also think your boys look up to you, too. And and maybe they look as look at that as um I don't know, like a side to them that they should explore because it's really easy, like you said, to fall into this idea of, oh, you're a girl and you're a boy and this is how I'm going to raise you. And this, But maybe um, the things that you try to teach your daughter, maybe one of your sons is like, oh, I really connect with that and allowing the space for that. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe not labeling it when you say it to your kid, like, I want you to be a lady or you need to act like a man. Like you actually just need to describe the characteristic that you're trying to talk about instead of like throwing it into equality versus a gender. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe be like, you know, you're being rude or whatever. Don't, you know, not like acting like a guy or whatever. The rough one is with the boys. But like, act like my, a man. Don't be emotional. You're acting yeah. like a girl. It's yeah. like, oh, man, you have no idea how much harm you are causing. Right I feel now. like if you were to actually get my boys in here and they were sitting in this room there now, they'd be like, she's not a lady. Are you kidding me? <laughs> she's disgusting. Like, well, no. <laughs> you, you were surrounded by boys, right? Yeah. You had two boys. So I'm sure in some ways you evolved a bit towards their tendencies I've, as well. Kind of. I've always sort of really been that tomboy, though. Like, yeah, me I, too. I like to look, I like to look all cute. And then I'm like, but (laughs) (laughs) I want to get back though, really quick to your creativity. So I'm really inspired by everything you wear (laughs) and your house and the things that you design. So, um, right now, what would you say is your job, your career path? Mm. Well, I, my career path is definitely in the creation field. Like, putting anything together that I don't know just makes sense or becomes beautiful and for me it's I've always had a really I don't even know if it's easy but fun time with putting clothing together and um, making that my art and I've always been very good at like making living spaces just Mm -hmm. look cool and inviting and make sense and it's something that is natural for me it's something that I don't have to really think about like I just it's just there and I go with it and and when you have a project coming up or maybe multiple projects or houses that you're working to design the aesthetic and the flow like do you ever get stumped where you're looking at the space and you're like, uh, I'm not feeling inspired. And if that happens, like, what do you do? Is there, are there any go-tos that you have to help fuel your creativity, any methods or, um, I don't know, self-care kind of things or anything that helps to kind of recharge that creative in you so that you can see a space and go, okay, this is what, this is what I need to do. I'm pretty good with spaces mm-hmm. when I first get there. Sometimes when it comes down to the detail of it or or sometimes I, I just need to go back and draw it out mm-hmm. a little bit, you know, take a little time for me, I guess, giving myself a little bit of space from it. And um, that helps as well. So whether that is just me needing to clear my mind and, you know, go to a yoga class or have happy hour with a friend or you know 
take a break from it so you can come just back go and, yeah go yeah. out go be in nature for a little bit and like go on a walk or stare at the sky I feel like that honestly nature like refuels my creativity yeah so I go outside and I'm like here's this like gorgeous natural landscape that's just here and it exists and oh look at these colors and these trees are so gorgeous and I totally sound like I'm from the northwest right now but I, <laughs> I'm actually like stupid in love with nature <laughs> so um that helps me a lot mother nature is fantastic at design yeah she's got an eye for colors well, and vibes and there. textures everything that we've like artificially created you yeah. know is some kind of piece of you know the colors the you know what it's actually made from it's from the earth so if that fuels your creativity is there anything that pops in your head that paralyzes it are there uh instances or people that you've worked for or environments that like shut you off creatively mm. i i honestly i prefer to work in an environment where i have more creative control because it actually lets me do what i'm best at um most effectively it's no micromanaging your yeah 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 your creativity so yeah i guess uh the limitation sometimes um can make that tough so with all of these things you've got your design work you've got three kids balancing uh being a co-parent with two exes which is a challenge for sure um how do you find calm in all of the chaos i know there's moments where you feel like your head is spinning and things are chaotic as all moms do um where do you find your calm mm. my calm i it, you know i think that that has been something that depends on where i'm at in my life but for the most part, it's just when I get that time with myself, whether it's like a little bit of decompression um, alone where I'm like in the bathtub having wine and reading good books, like, or getting to go outside and sit on a chairlift and recharge and look at the mountains and get to snowboard down the side of them, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, Those are your meditations. Yeah. Uh, that always always has been like I can remember from early on like being in the snow like you guys posted something about that the other day I was like oh it's so true it's so quiet in the snow it's amazing and staring at the trees and just being like oh, like this is where I feel closest to any kind of higher being like it's the best it's your spiritual side yep totally it totally is um I love it. Well, you mentioned books in the bathtub, which is one of my favorite go-tos as well, although I always feel like I'm going to doze off. Um, but I'm curious, being a book lover, are there any books that are your go-tos as far as like gifts for people in your life or books that you recommend time and time again, any ones that kind of pop up in your head? Mm. Oh, gosh, that also, I feel like, depends on like who I'm relating it to, you know, what book I'd be like, oh my gosh, you should read this. But um, I don't know. What would you recommend for me? You know me. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like maybe a really fun um, fictional the book Harry right Potter. now. Yeah, Taking like it all back to the Harry Potter yeah. days. <laughs> yeah. Instead of like, you know, a heavy read, like, you know, something really like, I know you like your student and you, you're always wanting to learn, but like a mind vacation. I feel like that's the right prescription that I would say. Yeah. I completely agree with that point. And I, it's actually on my to-do list. <laughs> so organized. Yeah. It says uh, read for fun. And so if you look next to my bed, there's always at least like nine or 10 books that I'm yeah. working through yep. and they're all nonfiction and then like god I need to stop I need to yep. I need to find a, and maybe so yeah next time you come across a fun beach read that's fictional send it my way because yeah, I, I, ne I need a mind vacation I feel sure. like the last book I gave you was like the five love languages and that oh, was that like was back in the so day. long ago yeah. and that yeah. helped me immensely though I actually like got into those like just fun reads for a little bit like, when I was like traveling back and forth across the country and I got into this Australian writer. <laughs> and 
the funny thing about this is, is that one of the books that I just absolutely got sucked into of hers was something that in this story actually was relating to my life at the time. And it paralleled it so much. And it was so scary. It was like a mirror being held in front of my face. And I'm like, holy shit, I have to get out of this marriage now. And it was because of this stupid book <laughs> that I thought it was going to be this light, fun read. It was crazy. It was crazy. Do you think things like that happen on accident? Like, did someone refer the book to you or you just stumbled across it? No, I think that we like we take stuff like that in when we are ready to receive it. Like right. it's, I, maybe I would have read that a few years before and be like, that's, you know, but I, you know, I was reading it. I'm like, whoa, I did that, whoa. The timing was right. Mm -hmm. Do you recall what the book was named, what it was called? It was called Big Little Lies. Oh, the the movie? Yeah. Uh, or I guess it's a series, right? They on made, HBO. Like, yeah. Which so, is crazy. I don't know was, how close it is to the book. It but was several years after I read the book that they released that night. Yeah. There's some top actresses in it. I've watched a couple. I think it's like a three or four part series. Yeah. Like, like mini Nicole series. Kidman yeah. And it's pretty, it's pretty intense. Yeah. So. It, it, it I could is. see the parallels. Yeah. It, it was weird. Like when that came out, um, the guy that I was dating at the time was like, I don't, I don't want to watch this. Like, this is not, I was like, no, you understand. Like when I read this book, like I was like, this is my life. It was crazy. Yeah. But anyways, it's just funny that you go to like that fun escape book and you're like, well, <laughs> maybe I'm just supposed to read nonfiction. Maybe. <laughs> but if you were to, at this point in your life, if you were to have somebody come to you and say, I want to write about your life or here like I'm gonna help you edit tell me your story let's make your autobiography what what do you think your opening line would be to the autobiography of Molly Brown wow so I've been through a lot of stuff in my 37 years <laughs> um, that's a good opening line <laughs> I, 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 I don't know if you would say stuff my attorney yeah my attorney <laughs> I'd say shit. Yeah, I've been through a lot, a lot of, of shit. shit. <laughs> Some of it's been amazing. Some of it's been fucking crazy. I think that's a good opening line for you. Right. But my attorney said this to me the other day. He looked at me and he's like, Molly, you, you've been through a lot of stuff for somebody who's 36. And I was like, yeah, I'm just going to let him go with 36. <laughs> and... And he's like, I mean, I have, you know, I have clients in their 60s who haven't even been through this much. I'm like, this is awesome. So. Yeah, you've lived a life. Yeah. So it would open with that. Like, what I want to close with then is a question that I actually had written down, but it relates so well to what you just said. Uh, is there one eye-opening experience that you think everyone should have? Wow. Whether it's... um you know, an experience where they go travel somewhere specifically that you have in mind or a heartbreak or um, a tragedy or a loss? Like, is there anything that you think is just a pivotal life experience? Well, I think having the ability to like experience love, like a, a real love, like a selfless love where you actually love something. Sometimes you think more than yourself. And, and I think that that is what motherhood has been to me is, um, you know, it's like you have this ability to just have this raw, real thing. And um, I don't know, I can't, I, I just can't imagine what my life would be like without that. Um, and other, you know, you can experience that though in, in caring for somebody else or even like, you know, like loving an animal or the earth or whatever it is. Like I'm saying this is like what I relate to, but. Because um, you don't necessarily need everyone to go out and make a baby, but you want them to feel that overwhelming moment of, whoa, I love this thing or this person or this place more than I have ever felt love. It's bigger than me. Oh, or yeah, bigger than you in a way where you're like, you know, I, you just, it's just in you to like care for that thing. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that even makes sense for right sure. now. Brings but, out your nurturing side. Yeah. Uh, but 
I I thinking I keep thinking back to like questions you were asking me earlier, like about especially because it was a very important one and I was like still digesting it after you talked about it. But, you know, my kids and what I'm doing and and how they perceive that and what that's showing them. Mm-hmm. Um, my boys, they do. I know they look up to me. And I, I've had them tell me things like, Kobe, like, you have no idea, mom. Like, when you started your store and you did all that, I was so proud of you. Like, having that, that feels good. That feels really good. Um, but it, I think it's good for them. And Kemper, like, it was probably one of my most emotional moments in, a, like, a, a way of, like, wanted to tear up in a way of being like, hell yeah, like, Kemper looked at me and was like, no, nah, mom. I was like, what did he say to me? <laughs> he said something like, oh, yeah, mom, you you need to like go marry some rich guy. And I looked at him. And I'm like, oh, Kemper, that's the last thing I want. That's the last thing I want to do. Some guy telling me what to do and and having to thank him for everything. And like, like, no. And he looked at me and he goes, yeah, you know what? And he's like, you're way too gangster for that. <laughs> yes and I was like yeah he knows me well like it's and then I was like shit that's such a compliment though to have your 16 year old look at you and tell you that you're too gangster for that and say it in a way where he was like agreeing with you know that like it's like he gets it how does it feel to have evolved from a point of you used to care so much about what your kids what other people thought of your kids and their behavior and now the thing that gives you esteem and builds your heart up is your kids uh views of you and the way they look up to you and they're proud of you and when they vocalize that to you it's amazing to see that shift i'm proud of you oh thanks thank you yeah you know it's over time I've definitely gotten just and realized that I'm the only person that's going to take care of me and those are my kids and it really doesn't matter what anybody thinks of me. Like, what what does that do for me? <laughs> I think it just, it doesn't. So, yeah. Yeah, you guys have a connection that no one gets from the outside and they can look at all the books and the references and they can judge the way you helicopter parent or the opposite, the way you uh, make them be, oh, overly self-sufficient or whatever it is. But at the end of the day, like you guys, you guys work it out. You figure it out. It's not always perfect. And um, just being able to snuggle up with your kids even if they're 19 and feel like, all right, we made it through another day together and those are your ride or dies and those are your, those are your bears. Yeah. I know. It's, it's true. That's, that's a good feeling. I, my son gave me a really good compliment the other day too. He's like, you know, mom, like I may have been mad at you and said mean things, you know, like we've fought or whatever, but He's like, I can definitely say that you have always set me up for success. Like my kids, no matter what, have always known how like I would, I would fight tooth and nail for my kids. And um, that was kind of cool to hear him say that. And I was like, you know what? You're right. Like I have. Like, you've I- set them up for success and you've given them room to fail and you're there to give him a hug if that happens. Yeah. And I think that's a great And I, I think his balance. his view of success is that's probably a pretty vague, broad term that I use, but his view of success was you've always like set me up to support me in a way where um like not like a financial way, but like a physical way. Like they always knew that I've been rooting for them the entire time and that I would make the sacrifices that were necessary. So, you know. Yeah. Are you going to have your kids listen to this? Are you going to send them a link and be like, so mom was on a podcast and we kind of talked about you a bit. I said a podcast newbie right now. I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh, all these questions. Like, I didn't want to like have questions written down and think about them. But then I'm like, oh, you know what? Yeah. Don't worry about it. I just did a pod. I was on someone else's podcast and I literally don't even remember what we talked about. I messaged her the other day and was like, so can we do that again? Because I don't remember any of it. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> but that's okay. It's just the conversation. Uh, no, I'm just curious if you're going to let them hear it. I think they would like to listen. Oh, yeah. I would totally let them listen. Okay. Well, imagine they're in your audience. And do you have any last parting words for me, for the listeners, for your kids who might be listening? Anything, any sign out from Molly? Ooh. <laughs> wow. Well, you know what? I might be a hard ass and whatever, but you guys know I love you. You know what's up. At the end of the day, you are loved. Yeah, or whatever. Let's, <laughs> let's make some magic. Yeah, sounds good. All right, thank you guys. We'll see you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Gravity Lift Podcast with Jordan and Antonella. If you like our show and want to find more, check out our website at gravitylift.space. And when you get a sec, please rate and review us on iTunes to help us spread these vibes far and wide.